Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, What are we doing? <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm tonight, I've had a few things, you know, happen in my work life, and I'm as chirpy as Adam Zamper is towards former Australian captains. I was, I was hoping you were going to say you were as chirpy as uh, no. Josh Giddy's girlfriends no. on the internet, but no. <laughs> don't, don't even know what we did to do with that one. Um, no, I, was hope- I was hoping we could just give that one a wide berth. I don't even know what to do with that one because I haven't even seen it being reported anywhere legitimate. No, which makes- It's Doc in the edit shed. I probably shouldn't have set the edit shed up next to the track side at Adelaide, but that was my own fault. Shut up, Crompton. I've got things to do here. Um, we recorded this before the Josh Giddy allegations hit mainstream media. At which point it was literally just a fucking Snapchat photo that was being circulated offline. So um, keep in mind that some of the comments that follow from here were from a position of limited knowledge, which is basically how you should take every fucking word we say on this podcast. Um, is this where we say believe victims? Believe victims. I don't know what the fuck we do with this, eh? Even with all the extra information, I still don't know what the fuck we do with this story. But, um, yep. Enjoy playing for for Melbourne United on a sex offenders register, fella. Because uh, that looks to be your future. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Mero, gif, sprinkling allegedly's. Back to the show. Shut up, Scaife, you c- like there's a photo, but what does that mean these days? Like, yeah, okay. So, d- no, and I'm not, I'm not being a smartass. I'm literally saying. I what- know, I know. I've been, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm like, my immediate reaction is backstory to this is we need to give Adam an official title apart from Godfather of Grime, S- somewhat co-host, um, third wheel of the Bulls podcast, regular co-host, Red Adair who comes and puts the fire out on the fucking oil well when Bezo fucks off and sets fire to things. Adam in the uh, the Bulls pod group chat, he sent us a message saying, "Oh shit, Josh Giddy, what are you doing?" and shared what looked like a Snapchat photo of some girl posing with a shirtless Josh Giddy with the caption, "Just fuck Josh Giddy," and then the the kicker that. Allegedly, she's 15 years old. Mm. Now, this hasn't appeared in the media since. Now, I don't know why. And, and I don't not- know whether that's because all of the NBA media are off celebrating turkeys. No, but it- Or whether they just don't report this shit. It's TMZ No, areas. but it's not, even TM- it's not even in TMZ. Like, and that's what, you know, that's their bread and butter, right? Yeah. I know Giddy's not- LeBron James level, but he's still a, he's still an NBA player, and that's. Well, I wonder there. whether this is because Adam keeps getting diverted to the Australian version of these websites, and this is the sort of stuff. That Sporting News have finally run out of Delhi things to write, so they're doing this sort of stuff. And like, I didn't want to start this conversation with a, a deep dive on AI, but the like Van- Vanessa's sort of int- really interested in in AI for work, and and, and Josh Giddy, I understand. <laughs> She's really um, big on guys who look like extras from 90s Jane Austen fucking movies. It's that wavy hair. Um, yeah, floppy-ass motherfucker. Th- there was a, a really interesting couple of interviews with, like, sort of people that, that know 
a lot more about it than I do. And there's a real sort of concern about what AI could possibly do. And this sort of battle between the board and the CEO of, of um, OpenAI is not just your normal corporate Elon Musk fuckery. It's actually a philosophical sort of discussion on where different groups think AI could go. And this is the sort of bullshit that I'm not saying, I'm absolutely not saying that this is deep faked, but one of the things in this article I was reading is basically it's got to the point now where it's pretty easy to deep fake something and you've got like, and not just pictures, but video. Like you can deep fake video, you can deep fake audio and stuff that can get out there. Um, it's sort of put the onus back on proper journalism because you can't just take a picture on it. <laughs> how novel. Yeah, that's what I mean. And w- w- and we've talked before on this podcast about how it's actually put the onus back on like university students and high school students to to be educated rather than um like just assess because it's it's really easy to fake assessments with with AI. Yeah, you've um, actually got to go in and and do some fucking detective work and look at the primary sources. It's a bit like being an ancient historian. And yeah, it would be as matter of pulling up fucking Photoshop and say generative fill shirtless Josh Giddy behind me, please. <laughs> and yes. I reckon it could manage it. But let's but, let's assume that this actually happened. Yeah, I want to know who Josh Giddy's vet is. And I don't mean the person who looks after yeah. his dog when it's sick. That's right, because Shay's the the senior player on the team. It is the youngest and the whitest team mm. in the NBA. I, I, I don't say that gratuitously, because there are fewer white players in the NBA, which means there are fewer veteran white players in the NBA. And I yeah. don't know whether white players have that same culture of that we always hear of from African American and, and you know black players from all around the world of that guy was my vet he looked after me he took me out and bought me suits he taught me how the game was played you know he showed me and and a subject to that is yeah, he taught me the right and the wrong sort of women to associate myself with so I don't end up paying child support or weird entrapment situations and you know this is why James Harden spends his money at strip clubs instead of having a string of baby mummers all through the internet yeah if this is true, where are the senior people? And it, it makes me think that because this team, I mean, that, that, that OKC team is very young and very white and it, it is younger than a lot of college teams. They almost need minders and road managers like a, a 90s boy band just to, because they don't have anybody to stop the groupies from throwing themselves at them. And not all of them might necessarily have their good interests in mind. Well, norm- normally a, t- a team like this would have a Patty Mills or, and for a brief period of time, they had Chris Paul, who's like your, yeah. your ultimate vet. Yeah. And I want nobody I wants to fuck Chris Paul. But apart the- from Scott Foster, Scott Foster absolutely <laughs> fucked Chris Paul a few days ago. But we might get to that later. Um, but the the problem with OKC is they have that many draft picks. They can't they can't really keep a fifteenth roster spot for a veteran because it's Davis Bertans. That's their most senior player. Yeah, but he's he's there as salary filler, right? Like yeah. I, I don't I don't even know whether he's travelling with the team. What's Davis like- Bertans telling you about what kind of chicks not to invite back to your hotel room because they're lit- they're just trying to claim a trophy and put it on the internet? Hmm. Yeah, team team culture. Which sounds like, like we're making a lot of excuse for it, you know, uh, a, a yeah, nineteen year old dude banging a, a allegedly fifteen year old girl, but. Um, yeah. The other thing I'm wondering about is that in the mod, I mean, obviously, in any other era, this would be look, he has done the wrong thing. He could end his best case might be getting traded, like we were talking about last week. His worst case is jail, getting deported, 
you know, ending up on a sex offender register. That, that's all thought, in the game you were for say him. Playing for the Southeast Melbourne Magic. But- that's possibly the best turnout because you know it might be the only way he can make a living. But it's. <sighs> Uh, if old mate kilometers is back on a team, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> what know, are we actually doing? My, my, like I said to Adam in the chat, like maybe I should just give up on watching sport. I think I think you've put too much faith and in, in, invested too much of your personal happiness in nineteen-year-old idiots. I think that might be the issue. Yeah, that's that's probably that's no, that's probably a, a fair call. Yeah, and, and like, and part of that comes because like. You know, I coach a whole bunch of 19, eight, you know, or 15 to 19 year olds, but they don't have $13 million. Yes. And that's the, and that's all, the key everybody point, in right? the internet trying to fuck them. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like one of my players, we've got a carnival in a week and a half, not even a week and a half, it's actually a week, seven days away. And I texted him and said, you know, do you need a lift down? And he's like, oh, what dates is that tournament again? Hadn't told his parents when it was on. Said, oh, yeah, I'm playing. Just just hadn't told them. Just <laughs> oh, forgot to get, get to him. Christ. But, I mean, obviously, the, the, the <sighs> idea, he would be the one who would bear the legal responsibility for that. And that's that's always been fine. But kids these days are taught that to misrepresent yourself in order to have sex with someone is a violation of consent. And if that's what. If he didn't ask the right questions and she told him that that she wasn't underage, we're getting into a really weird and awkward spot with mm. with consent and and who well, does what. And and I, I don't even know what the dialogue around that and, is. And to make it even to make it even worse, the age of consent in that state is sixteen. <laughs> Only if it's your cousin, <laughs> you know. Well, actually, which, was he in which, Oklahoma? Because he would have been. Uh, I don't know, but I, like someone reputable, sort of in the NBA feed. Wasn't commenting on the story, but just posted something with the age of consent in all the different states. And and then at the last one, the age of consent for X state, I can't even remember it was, okay, see, so it was 16, but obviously was saying the state where that alleged photo was taken was 16. Now she's 15, it's, it's under, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But it's just, uh, man, just don't put yourself in those situations, please. Well, that's, that's actually the thing, is is that you can't, you can't afford to put yourself in those positions. So who the fuck is looking out for you to stop you being in those positions? And if OKC, we always said OKC are not the process sixes because they're doing this more cleverly. Well, this is where they're yeah. not doing it as cleverly because there, there still clearly needs to be some kind of grown up to stop at least some of their people from doing dumb shit. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see because they've, they've done the, the sustainable team building thing very, very well. And do they go and get, a Paddy Mills or a, you know, do they trade Bertans for Paddy Mills and a pick or something? You know, like it's got to have no, a pick in it. I, I think they ride to- this out. I think they ride this out because they are very mm. good at, they're almost Spursy in it, at shutting down yes, media they very, don't want to. Yeah, so yeah. they're not going to acknowledge this happens unless they're, unless Giddy literally gets arrested. Mm. And I can see a world in which that girl did not intend to have Josh Giddy dragged off in handcuffs. It was just the incredibly misguided idea that by sharing it to her close friends that hey I just fucked Josh Giddy that wasn't oh, going to end up on the internet. It's it's the it's the same thing as Jar, right? Like Jar flashing a gun in a car with his mates. Like Yeah, but it, but he it, was doing that. He knew he was on Instagram live on broadcast. Whereas yeah. she might have Yeah, she might that was just- Snapchat. You can do that just to your just to your local and someone has just yeah. gone, Holy shit, I've got to tell everybody. And that kind of naivety of your youth where you think your friends are right or die, they're like, No, I'm gonna go and make some money out of this shit. Yeah. And you think, Holy shit, I've just I've just you know, if he ends up in jail or deported or something, and you think I probably shouldn't have 
done that. Been part of oh, that, but he has to be responsible if, for what he where he puts his little pee pee. If if that's the case, it'll like they've got a weird civil versus criminal system over there, and it'll probably end up you know with a yep. some sort of civil payment, and and will go away because that's how their justice system works. Or he can counter sue for you know. His yeah. loss of earnings from him being fired because she misrepresented her age. Yeah. Look, can we can we talk about angst? Actually, how much of that is going to make the podcast? You reckon? <laughs> More than you'd think. Oh no! Look, uh, like I, I didn't want to talk about it, but it is actually like I hate it when like this is why I I, I, I just hold Zach Lowe up above everything else because every time. This is where you find out that he's fucked a 14-year-old in Croatia or something. (laughs) But, like, every time he talks about Charlotte, he, he, without fail, will go, and we should, you know, we need to acknowledge that Miles Bridges is under domestic violence assault charges and that case has not been resolved and is still sort of, you know- And the details are heinous. Like, yeah, and he's just like- Whereas it certainly looks like everybody left that. It wasn't a Kobe Bryant Eagle Colorado situation there. Everybody seems to have left the room that, that Josh and that young lady were in uh, in an extremely happy frame of mind to the point where he was posing for the photo, yeah. which is the thing that makes you think, yeah. why would you pose for a photo or, that was going to destroy your career? Or he was drunk and hadn't done the requisite work to find out her age. He must be. It had been said on an NBA podcast that he is the NBA's only virgin. Now, I know that might be a joke, but it also might be that he's a weird religious guy and maybe this is him just. He doesn't have any fucking experience of this sort of stuff. He has no idea what he's doing, and he's just bumbled straight through it and made a complete fucking ass of yeah. himself. Um, but this is us making an excuse um, for an Australian because we want them to succeed. If Chet had done this, we'd be like, you fucking <laughs> idiot, you fucking clone high, hey, blinking face motherfucker. What are you doing? I do, I do like our collabor- collaboration with an obscure 2000s. Adult cartoon. <laughs> they cut, they came material. back like all things in the Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. era. They not, dragged not it back out of fucking- And, and oh. funnily enough, they, they excised the problematic characters they had in the original. <laughs> so maybe it does No, work. I wouldn't believe that at all. Can, can we talk about angst that is actually enjoyable? That, that of particular Indian commentators who- um, Wanted to let us know that India were actually India actually won the World Cup because they had the better team and they had the better batsmen. But they can they- put it with England's moral ashes, can't they? Look, which which isn't wrong, right? Like I think if you gave all the Australians truth serum, they would probably say if you held that game. But there's also a degree seventy three of- and nine, motherfucker. You still got to win the bit at the end. That's right, and and it's not like they lucked into it. Like there's been a few things. Um, uh, Ravi Ashwin had this thing where he, he had a chat with with Bailey at, at the innings break. Bailey, he was sort of like, yeah, George. Well, Bailey. the selector, head of selectors. Yeah, I was thinking, what the fuck's he doing? Yeah, head of he was head of selectors, not flipping burgers like yeah. Brad McNamara wishes he wishes he was. No, no. Um, and and sort of said, you know, why the fuck did you guys bowl first? And he's and. Bailey just- Which is what we were all saying, which is what Jared Kimber was saying, which is we were all going, oh, fucking, I didn't realise Pat was in on the fix too. And they had read the conditions better than India, better than Ravi Shastri, who did the fucking pitch report for international television, better than everybody else who were watching. They knew what that deck was going to do, and they also knew that it was going to be easier to score in the second half of the second innings, and that was worth betting the house on. And that's the thing about this and, and this Australian part- team. They are better at winning one-off games or one-off series than the- any other team in test, in test, one day, or limited, any kind of limit overs cricket for in the last three years. What have they won? Fucking everything. They won the T20 World Cup, the World yeah. Cup, bo- uh, won an Ashes, retained an Ashes, 
uh, a World Test Championship because they are basically like the, the 90s, 2000s Liverpool of world cricket. They might not be that good, you know, across the course of the regular season, but if you put them in a cup final, they're going to win that fucking cup final. Yeah, they're problem solvers. They work it out. But but part of Ashwin's point was that institutional knowledge that let them make that plan and execute that plan partially came from the fact that their coaching staff and all their players have had lots of experience playing one-day bilateral series in India and lots of experience in the IPL. This wasn't exactly an away game for them. The crowd was an away game, but the conditions weren't. They knew how those pitches were going to react. Some of those players have played 50 or more games on those pitches. Well, for India, it's also an away game because the Nahendra Modi fucking edifice hasn't been around that long. Hmm. It's only been since the rise of Modi. Yeah, it's not the MCG. That that ground and and playing cricket that far north has been a thing. So it's- It's kind of a, you know, that they kick themselves in the balls. It was so funny watching a fascist kick himself in the balls repeatedly over yeah. the course of the whole thing to the point where he, he, he couldn't even be bothered doing a proper version of the, um, of the handover of the, of the fucking trophy. Oh, it was glorious. But, 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 but even the game was really interesting because it was so different to the rest of the tournament, which was essentially like this massive batting paradise, right? We were getting, 350 to 400 all the time. And then not you, you all had the this time. game where- Because there were- the, Not all the time, bi- but, It was bipolar. There was e- games were either 200 games or they were 400 games, essentially. Yeah. And remember, the, the Australian-South African semi-final was much closer to a 200 game than a 400 game. That's true, yeah. So, Australia had already played that kind of game. But um, even Cummins, who hadn't really bowled amazingly all tournaments- Because he's too woke. 10 overs without a boundary. Being that woke means yeah, you can't keep your line in length. You keep thinking about fucking mining and, that, and sea level rise and shit. That was the funniest thing that all the, all those right wing commentators just got that jammed back down well, their throat. Particularly after they just fucking after they just <laughs> launched after after the two games of the tournament, they're like too woke, blah blah blah. And then it's like, but the thing is, for these people, it doesn't matter because they're just going to move on to the next grift. Yeah, that, that's but it right. makes us feel better just for a day. But do you know what? It was really enjoyable. And, like, I've talked a little bit about this with the Australian women's side, but it's it's fun to support an Australian cricket team. Yes, like, that aren't cunts. Like, well, mostly. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's a few. Oh, but, but even even Warner and, like, Smith's just this weird individual. Manus is and a bit sus. He's a bit, it's a bit fucking yeah. evangelical. Oh, yes, they're definitely a bit. I mean, thanking like, God before you thank your teammates, I think that could fuck off. They could go back to America where it belongs. Even Warner's not the same aggressive peanut that he was under Smith <laughs> That's and, peanut. and Darren Lehman. Peanut. No, he's he's, um, le- he's clearly learned from his experience, and he can see the finish line too. He knows that this is his grand closing. This is his big finale. He's curtain call, and he wants to make sure that he does it the right kind of way. Mm. The the um, lamest fucking argument was the Indians claiming that Australia doesn't really care about cricket because Pat Cummins was able to get out of the airport without being mobbed. Yeah, but th- this is probably the most modern cricket thing ever in that our side didn't return home as a group through the airport to a press scrum because they're playing a the, T20 they series They literally in played India. overnight and they lost the first T20, which proves that we are in crisis and they are too woke. <laughs> like what? We just played a World Cup. Like what? That that just. I, I guess I guess we're facing up for the T Twenty World Cup, but it, the yeah. American one. Um, but but fuck, it must hurt to lose to a team that doesn't actually care. 
It must fucking hurt to lose to a team that isn't actually very good. It just must. I can't imagine how must that much hurt. That'd be like New Zealand losing a Rugby World Cup final to like Latvia or somewhere that just does not, isn't even aware they play, the United States, isn't even aware they play rugby. Um, And like that would be the most talented India side like I know, India has won World Cups, but certainly since since the twenty oh three team that also got absolutely smashed in a final, with they should have won. Mm. I don't think you can find anyway. think of think of a better Indian team that that's and they'll they'll try and pick holes in it. But that's just one of the, the biggest issues is the conservatism. There's no way that if India won the toss, they would have done what Australia did because they no. they would have done the conservative thing uh, and they would have batted first. Because they wouldn't have, they would have been too afraid of, of failing in front of 190 million Modi supporters in that ridiculous stadium. Whereas Australia had the freedom to be able to go, well, we think we're going to, the best chance to win is to bowl. <laughs> we're going to fucking bowl. Yeah. And it was interesting, Kimber sort of broke down India's tactics in the second innings because, you know, there's been a bit of criticism about how they changed their bowling <laughs> um, order and they didn't bowl stuff. But uh, like Kimber's point was, they had to go. Because they got such a low total, they had to go all their firepower up yeah. front. They they pretty much had to get four wickets pretty quickly, and they got three. They, yeah, if and, they, if they got head when head. he was swinging and missing and, and generally asking about, yeah. uh, we wouldn't be quite as smug at this time of <laughs> at this point of the week. No, so well, we would be, but not know, about it, that. Not about that. We were, it, we would just be talking purely NBA. We would move on to the next um, thing. We can't afford um, to be smug about NBA because Adam is fucking beating the piss out of you and I. That's true. And I had a really good day yesterday. I won pretty much every game I played apart from the fucking Bulls, but Jesus Christ. Yes. Tomorrow is one of my days where I, I can't lose, but I also can't win. So that's pretty much every day, isn't it? <laughs> so it feels. Well, actually, today was the same because there were no basketball games played because they were just um, everyone was eating turkey and watching pretty average NFL games. It's The East is pretty fucking- Strong at the top, yeah. right? Four teams on ten wins. Um, well, it, it makes you know people are sort of saying that the Bucks are a disappointment, and and there's hyper coverage yeah. of every disagreement I, between. Like to be Griff- a disappointment at ten. Well, that's five. the thing. There's sort of hyper focus on Griffin's coaching and what's going wrong, and you know, arguing with with Giannis, and you know, all this, these defenses and working. It's like they're like a game or two away from the pointy end. I think I think it's going to be cool. I really do. Um, but yeah, the, the East is better than the West, but we've always said that. So there's, there's, that's just really a surprise. Well, no, not really. They're, they're no, sort the East of the is same. better than the West. That's, that's definitely true. Uh, cause you got, you got 12, 10, 10, 10, 10, and then the West is 11, 11, 10, 10, 9. Pretty close. No, no, don't agree with that at all. So <laughs> you're a fucking Eastern Conference. 10th place in the East has seven wins. 10th place in the West has six wins. And 10th place in the West is the LA Clippers, and nobody trusts those motherfuckers. So, uh, uh, they won three in a row, my my Clippers. Actually, um, what we're seeing is kind of some NFL style parody slash mediocrity, where there is a massive. I heard Windy refer to it as like a massive middle class, but that's right. It's there's going to be a hell of a lot of teams that are only going to be a couple of games either side of five hundred. By uh, already, it's the case, but I think that's going to be the case. Right, I think there are there are very few terrible teams, yeah. and there are very few brilliant teams. But there's a whole lot of teams that could beat the other on a given day, and that we're going to see that in in the. Um, it's going to be a lot of teams that are pretty close to 500 at the end of this. I uh, I just think the the league has a lot more talent, and uh, like a good player can have a, a good night and win win a game. Like, but isn't that a consequence rather than a cause? 
I think that I think that's a consequence of the fact that the incentive structure is now not to be completely shit because being the worst team in the league doesn't guarantee you any better shot at the, the number one pick as as being third worst. And there's all these incentives to to if you're like the between the tenth and the thirteenth best team in in either conference, you've got a shot at playing postseason basketball if you just try a little bit harder. And I feel like that incentive pull has pulled the shit teams into the midfield and away from the super tank. Now that will change later yeah, in the season when people definitely. realize that they can't make the ten. But for the moment, it, that's why we got this this fucking heavy middle class. But but I also think player forty or even player thirty through to fifty in the NBA is much stronger now than when I first started watching basketball. Yeah, that might, that's probably uh-huh. true. But also, Team 13 is more likely to have a roster of players that are good because they're incentivised to not have any passengers that just cause them to lose games, that incentivise losing. Yeah. Unless you're the Spurs, who are not incentivised yeah, to win. That, oh, yeah, I misread that one. I, I, uh, I really thought that they would try a lot They're, they're incentivising learning. But, they're trying hard, but they're trying hard in a way that's sort of like a, a little bit what I do sometimes when I'm sort of putting a team together and, and like, well, let's throw all this shit at the wall and see what we've got and then pick the bones out of it and try, you know, when it actually matters. Um, like, they really need a point guard. <laughs> like, well, they're trying to build one out of, out of bits, uh, out of, out of yeah. tidal-led Frenchmen. I, don't, I think they're going to give that an extremely long long chance to win, and then when that doesn't work, they're going <laughs> to draft one with the number two pick in next year's draft. Well, the, the thing is, right, this is actually a good long-term play because if so, if you can turn Sohan into a secondary ball handler and keep him on the court with an actual point guard, then, you, you, you know, got kind you of can always get the big guy. Yeah. yeah, you can always get the big I, I see what they're trying to achieve. I just – it's a really – blunt force trauma going about it. But they can afford but to because if get, everybody else is yeah. trying to be the 10 seed, then they can. St- they are still competitive in a lot of the games they play, even though they keep fucking losing yeah. them. And that's kind of the Portland way, is that they haven't – they are really blown to fuck out, but they are 4-11 and 11, and Utah are 4-11 and 11, yeah. and Memphis is 3-11 and 11, who are in this conversation whether they want to be or not because they're four wins behind Golden State in 11th. And San Antonio at three and twelve, so it feels like they have already. Unless Memphis do the fucking um, Snake River Canyon leap like Evil Knievel, they're not going to make it into that conversation for oh, that. They would be insane to like you know when Jar comes back, he should get an ankle injury five games back in and have three games off, and that should no, persist all season. You wouldn't want to be the first team to get the the, the fucking book thrown at you by the NBA. Particularly in a meaningless season, that would be that would be very frustrating. No, no, but you can you can find you can find it. And but they, don't they will literally say, and- "Show us the X rays now." They they, will, they, they are yeah. doing investigation but, but, but- now. Maybe later in the season, they're not going to care as much. It's a little bit like yeah. those you know referee points of emphasis that matter a hell of a lot at the start of the season, like the flopping yeah. rules. Like in in thirty games time, I wonder how many of those flopping technicals are being called. Um, th- they might not need to, right? Because Adams and Clark aren't back this season, so. Well, Clark know, could be it, back this it, season, but I think I wonder whether that's also a um, yeah. strategic, strategic decision. Uh, and then I guess we're just waiting on the shoe to drop. Where are, where are all the bulls going to go? Uh, and the funniest story was the the uh, Jordan Poole is up for trade, but 
um, that was actually a fake story and someone just posted it to, to make some news and it's like, J- Jordan Poole is, is on the Wizards so that they get a high draft pick. Like, they're not trading him. He's their meal ticket. He's the person that will get them the pick that, that might make them good in the future. Is, Why would they trade Jordan Poole? He is creating fun and interest while they suck. You know, he's doing a fantastic job of it too. The best one was when he was walking the dog in order to kill Clock and then realised, oh, shit, I don't want to kill Clock. I, I just want to, I thought that the, the game clock would stop as well as the shot clock because I smoked oh far God. too much fucking weed before I started playing this uh, game. And then the poor old Pistons, my poor old Pistons are just bad. They're, so that's the problem the, is, the, is, the that, only- is that they're worse than Washington and nobody should be worse than Washington. That they are the only truly bad side in the NBA. I think Memphis are pretty like Memphis has currently constituted a horrible. Mm. And the Bulls will be bad because the Bulls will trade their two or three good four, you know, three or four good players for, for something, and and they'll suck. Who knew having just a huge stack of failed high lottery picks was wasn't a good way to build a team? Yeah, the the Raptors are the one that I just don't understand. Like, do do you think the Raptors could win a first round series? Ah. Uh... Not if they didn't have home court. It would have to be against somebody who has a really shitty, like maybe against Brooklyn. So somebody who has really shitty, and Brooklyn are behind them. Well, currently the the fifth seed at the moment is the 76ers, so I cannot see that happening. I can't see them getting up to fourth. I just don't understand what they're doing. Like they've got two guys that can just walk out the door at the end of the season, and then you've got, Scotty Barnes and no compensation. Why have they not traded those two guys? Like they're not, they're not Scotty good Barnes. To- Scotty Barnes hasn't even reached the fun max yet. No, no. What I'm saying is, Ananobi and and um, Pascal can walk at the end of this season, and then you are literally left with just Scotty Barnes and no compensation for those two players. Why have you not traded those two players? This team's not good enough to win two series. I think they're trying to get an extension out of them. I, uh, okay. It, it just doesn't doesn't feel like- I mean, I, this might be a different conversation after mid-December when the the trade nexus opens up broader. Yeah, so ma- maybe this is- e- e- everything's waiting for December well, 13. Well, I, th- I think everything it. is waiting for mid-December because Zach Levine's not going to get moved before then because you have to wait. And, and for international listeners, mid-December is when you can trade people you signed this year, essentially. Yeah. The DLOs. Yeah. So if you've signed somebody as a free agent or whatever this year for this season, you can trade them from December. So that means that you can't you can't trade them straight away. It's a little bit of a moratorium because people because that stops people from being signed and then immediately traded to to fit into into weird trades and things like that. So yeah. the teams that are looking are fishing for stuff for their um, their kind of stars or fallen stars like Chicago, that will be the time at which they'll get their best offers. Unfortunately for them, that means they have yeah, to have yeah. Zach Levine sulking on the end of their bench for the next couple of weeks, which is not good for, for the next couple of weeks. Not yeah. good for him and not good for them, but uh, you know. So then the other one is what do the Warriors do? Because- but what the Warriors do is suck, Bezo. The Warriors suck. <laughs> they are bad and they should feel bad. Yeah, but the, well, part of their problem is that they should they- trade Clay Thompson for Zach Levine, but they're not going to. I know. They're not like it. Just feels so dirty. They're gonna go down with the with the fucking with the. They're gonna dance with the fucking horse that brought them, or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> well, well, I guess, I guess Never dance with if the horse. Clay's gonna leave, if Clay's gonna leave, they've got to do the England thing and get the moral victory of him <laughs> going and signing a free agent contract with another team for lots of money 
and and the the Warriors going, well, we just couldn't afford to pay him that much money. But he's not going to get a mega contract from anyone. Maybe ja- the Jazz and Detroit until relatively recently, and I think his numbers have improved. He yeah. was missing eighty percent of his threes. That's not good. That's not what you want from Clay. That's Thompson, the opposite no. of what you want from Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- uh, I think it might. It might be. It's. It's definitely closer to the end than the beginning. And and maybe that was the case after this. You know, that was probably the case when it when it all went pear shaped in twenty nineteen in those finals. Um, Detroit probably could use him because even just the threat of Clay shooting is probably better than what they've got on the perimeter right now. Uh, what they've got on the perimeter right know. now is probably a fucking you know a little Caesar's pizza fucking sticker on their court <laughs> that, that guards people about as well as anything. The, the the funny thing is, is Chris Paul has actually done exactly what the Warriors have needed since uh, Livingston was there, yeah. and the bench is not a tire fire. Like Chris Paul on the bench has been a positive this season. It's just that Clay and Draymond have been shit. Yeah. Clay and Draymond and have been a disaster, units. an absolute disaster. But yeah. the thing is that it started so well, just- though. Well, they started like a house on fire. And we thought- Yeah, but then so did the Rockets, man. The Rockets won six in a row and then lost six in a row. So. Oh, the weird thing about the Warriors was, and I brought this up, I think it was on an episode where we had Adam on, was that at that stage, a lot of the, the early leaders were teams that had played a hell of a lot of games at home. And the the Warriors were the outlier because they played a lot of games on the road. And then they came home and lost six in a row on their home court. And it's like, what have we learned from this? Fuck all. Yeah. Uh, trade Steph? Trade Steph for draft picks? Just close <laughs> the franchise down. Sell Oracle for fucking low-cost housing. Well, the the Spurs need a, need a, a point guard. How how much? They've got a lot of draft capital. How much would the Spurs- No, Steph wants to go home to, Steph to Charlotte and be part of their fantastically inclusive, modern fucking mm. morality over there. Fucking, yeah, just burn that franchise to the ground as far as I'm concerned. Just uh, give the team to Steph. Just hand the fucking franchise to Steph. <laughs> that's actually that's actually not a bad idea. That might actually, you know, give you the karmic bounce back that because you Because being owned by Michael Jordan wasn't enough. That's <laughs> right. They've got such a good history with great players owning yes. their franchise. It turns out that players <laughs> oh, don't know shit about shit. I, I, I did want to say, like, Chris Paul is the- is the biggest white line fever player I know, right? Like he just turns into this- When you start a sentence with Chris Paul is the biggest wuh, I mean, everyone has <laughs> assumed where that's going. I don't know why you felt the need to change the plan halfway through. Um, I do wonder though if he's going to be, if he's going to have a second career as one of the best coaches the NBA's ever seen. Because I don't know if you saw that story of him sort of running the second unit after, you know, uh, after formal practice and sort of running through, you know, where he wants them to go and what spots he wants them to hit. Like, I've coached players like that that are just so good and so calm and so uh, such good teammates off the field and then turn into raving fucking assholes on the field. Like, if he's coaching and he's not on the field, he might actually be better at it than playing. So, what you're uh, saying is that, is that he's going to be the next Jason Kidd? No. A really great coach who we need to apologise to <laughs> because, I don't know about because that. they've been good. I, I, I actually think that's – I think Luca's fitness coach needs a raise. That's what I Well, I, I, I think he is in, in better nick coming into the season. But, I mean, I was I was thinking what, when they were 20 points up against the Lakers, thinking, 
we're going to have to make an apology to Sir Jason Kidd for the way they've done it. And then they went coughed up the entire 20 points and had to win it on the buzzer. And I'm like, I reckon we could probably put that apology on ice for a few more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one of those in spite of the coaches. No, I don't. I don't. I think he's doing okay. I, and and like I said, when you yeah. like when you were like saying he was going to be the reason that that Kyrie and Luca got traded earlier in the season, it is on wax. You can go back and listen to it, folks. Um, yeah, yeah. I said, look, I don't. I, I don't actually think coaches, unless they're massively dysfunctional or incredibly aspir, you know, incredibly aspirational, most coaches don't make that much difference in a talent-driven sport like like NBA. And I don't think Jason Kidd. Now makes that much difference to winning or losing. I think Jason Kidd, you know, Bucks era, certainly you could argue that he got in the way, but I don't think he gets in the way of this team. If I think if anything, he might be like a 5% plus. No, but I think I was listening to uh, Nikias Duncan on JJ's podcast. And they were talking about Nick Nurse. I was listening to him on um, on Zach Lowe's podcast, and then I, I fell asleep because I do that. Every <laughs> He's pretty day dry, and- but but he no, was talking- it's, just, it's just I do that in the middle of the afternoon sometimes. I'm just like narcolepsy. Oh, it's good. And he was talking about Nurse and Philly, and he was just saying, like Nurse has done some really simple things that guys like Duncan and 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 Zach Lowe and and JJ have been saying for years that you need to do with with Embiid, like just simple things that maximise his. Um, his impact, you know, just, just stuff that gives him easy buckets, you know, rather than making him fit into the system that you want to run or that you've always run. Or that having um, James Harden around means that you have to run. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. And so, like, Nurse might not be Spo, you know, Spo's the, Spo's the wizard, but- um, No, no I, th- I think you're fine, Spo's with Miami. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you who the coach of the Washington Wizards is because I've forgotten. It is. It is Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld Junior. Must be Junior mm-hmm. because Wes Unseld Senior was Doctor J era. I think. Yeah, and no, I'm pretty sure it's Wes Unseld Junior. Wes Unemployed Senior. Junior. I know, I know way too much about coaching in the NBA. I was about to say because I only remember that Jamal Mosley <laughs> existed uh, relatively yeah. recently. He's the coach of the Orlando's. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, and we're picking up Nick Nurse because his Philadelphia team are ten and five in the fifth seed. Yeah, yeah, okay, f- fifth seed, but on a, on a two game losing but, streak, but also the second seed, right? Because there's ten. Five, no, no, five, no, the fifth four. seed. They're worse than every other team. Four teams that are exactly ten and five. The Magic is second. Magic, and, well, <laughs> Jamal Mosley. That would that would beat the <laughs> shit out of Joel Embiid. Uh, the thing is that Joel Embiid's shtick doesn't work in the playoffs. Because he's just a fat bloke who wobbles about, mm. and you just go around him. If you're going to be that dude, you have to be Shaq, and he, can't, he isn't. Um, it's currently, it's Boston, Orlando, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, New York. This will all change once the games restart tomorrow. After a, a completely normal top six in the in the East, Very much. yeah, I think it is. Apart from Orlando, okay. If we'd said 15 games in that the Magic and the Thunder would be the two number two seeds, I think. We would have been laughed at fairly hard. I could no. I reckon I could have seen a world in which certainly the thunder. Oh, you, you could see it. You could see a world in which he existed. Because you were but smoking the fucking the whole thunder pack. But it was extremely unlikely. Now the magic. My issues with Paolo the trader aside, they're a good team, and they are. They, if anything, have had a bit of a FIBA bump rather than the FIBA below that some of the, particularly the Team USA players have had with, players poor, had, yeah. with you know, fatigue and poor shooting and whatever else. <laughs> Though, as Kevin Pelton pointed out today, you know, Cade sort of had this real uh, vibe going into the season because he'd done so well against the, 
you know, in the USA select team versus the USA in their scrimmages, you know, that was seen as, you know, he's really carving them up. And Pelton's like, yeah, looking at the USA defense in the, in the World Cup. Maybe that wasn't such a good sign maybe, after all. <laughs> maybe maybe we are grading on a curve there. I feel like Orlando at ten and five might be more likely to be the way that remember how Utah came out? Yeah. Like, like yeah. a cat in a hot tin roof early last year and then kind of faded out. I think Orlando's They've had some good wins though. They they beat Denver in the clutch yesterday. I, I think the natural position at the end of eighty two will be six seven. I think they'll either yeah. be they'll either not have to go in the in the play in or they'll be they'll be home seated for it. But but I just I feel like that institutional wisdom of Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, and, and Indiana, despite the fact that they score a and billion points every day, just don't seem to be winning enough fucking games. It was interesting that Atlanta ended up um, being the first team in NBA history to, to score and concede more than 140 points in consecutive games and give away more than 300 in two games. Yeah. I think Quinn might need more than a, a snazzy pair of red gla- red frame glasses in order to work that one out. Yeah, yeah, no, there's some there's some big variants. Oh, sh- shall we quickly b- before we c- come back and talk music? Shall we quickly talk about the mid season insert sponsor's name here soon? Cup, the David Stern which Cup. I think's working. I mean, it's it doesn't have long to work because it it will be over in about two weeks' time because yeah. they go straight to Vegas and then uh, it is working from the point of view that it's made November interesting. It's created yeah. a distraction. I don't know whether it will perpetuate, but it's been. But but, uh, but as a starting point, right? As a starting point in the fact that it's really smart to give sixteen teams a day off to prepare for a game that. Everyone, they know everyone's focusing on like the that Pacers game where it was like there was real buzz on NBA Twitter about the Pacers can clinch their spot in the in the second round, you know, in the knockout games if they win tonight. They didn't give everybody a day off to prepare for the IST. They gave everybody a day off because it's a fucking national holiday. No, no, no. But but all the teams that play in the in the um, in season tournament games. That none of those games are back to back. They make sure that every team has had at least one day's rest before they play those games. So, what's Memphis's excuse? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see which teams are taking this shit seriously because the Lakers are nine and seven, but they're four and zero in the in season tournament. Yeah, but but if you're like, there's been some really sort of interesting things, like the Pacers, right? Like Halliburton said, I haven't won anything. I haven't won. I didn't win a national championship. I, you know, I wasn't a, a, a like a winning high school player. I haven't won anything in the NBA. I would like to win something, even if it's not the actual thing. And particularly if it's half a million fucking dollars. It's yeah. interesting. I heard Mark, Mike Brown talking with David Aldridge and Marcus Thompson on, on one of the athletic podcasts. And he said, normally when we do, we do like a PowerPoint slideshow as a, to, as a prep for every game that we play. We talk about the thing. But for, for each of the in-season tournament games, we've had – uh, this is what $500,000 looks like when it's stacked up. <laughs> it's just not a slide. This, yeah. And then the next slide is, this is the kind of house you can buy for $500,000 in mm. whatever town that they're going to play against, like Oklahoma City. This is what, this is the kind of house you can buy for $500,000 in Oklahoma mm. City. And uh, this is, and it's like, just reminding people, this is what this game is for. At the end of yeah. the time, if we win this, everybody gets paid. And, and I don't care what you say, when we get to the knockout rounds, like, knockout anything is fun. I love knockout stuff, you know. Win or go home. It's always good. I think it's – the, the only tweak I would have made to this is not, have, not to have a group stage. 
is to make mm. it single elimination. It would have been much logistically much much harder because yeah. then you had to, had to figure out okay, when are the next teams actually going to play again? And you would have had to reshuffle a lot more games. Yep. The group stage thing, I think, probably is easier to do and it kind of works well enough. And I think people will pay more attention to it next year, but it's worked as well as it needed to. Look, it just didn't have to fail because you can't build a tradition in a year, but you can you can sort of peter it out like the enthusiasm. But the- Best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now sort of Yeah, thing. like- and the marketing stuff, right, which is way over the top and everyone's sort of like, oh, I hate the courts. I hate that, you know, I hate the garishness and stuff like that. But I still feel like everyone's missing the point. If you flick on highlights or if you flick on a game or you, like you immediately know it's a mid-season cup game and like putting all the taste aspects of it aside, because I can absolutely understand why people hate the courts and hate the look of it. But it's well, sort it of hurts your fucking d- eyes and people <laughs> keep does. falling over yeah. on them. Some of them are bad, like but just But you bad. can probably create a lot of the same effect by just replacing the centre logo with a massive fucking trophy. And yes. having – I prefer they had special uniforms for this rather than them yes. dragging out whatever the fourth spec uniform is. Yeah. And not you have so many pointless uniforms, it would make more sense for them to do something specific for the tournament. And ma- maybe to have them more like soccer jer- – like more like football jerseys, uh, not, not sleeved, but – have something that looks more tournamenty. Yeah. Maybe have them look like. I mean, let's face it: the, the epitome, that like the high point of all tournament-specific uniforms that has ever been made was the 1992 Cricket World Cup, where everybody had the same stripe pattern on the mm. shoulders. They keep bringing them back That's as retros. Right. Have the same kind yeah. of idea for the IST. Every, like all the uniforms are basically the same. They have a, a single identifier on them that reminds you, "Hey, this is the IST." Well, that that concept was so good. Super League tried to do it. Remember when they started? Like it was essentially one uniform. Yeah, they with, essentially had templates with, with yeah. different color variation. Yeah, yeah. Except except the um, templates were horrific. Yeah, they weren't good. But <laughs> they, they but look like this is, but this so, is the like thing, vertical like, hold problem on a TV. Like by year four, right? They'll have found the sweet point. Like you said, you know, it might be just one giant cup on the on the thing, or it might just be Amazon right through the middle of the court because Amazon owned the mid season cup. It's the Amazon Cup, and they bought it for twenty years, and they paid fifteen billion dollars for the rights. The Bezos Trophy, whatever. It's, but it's like the Larry O'Brien, but but the globe is Bezos's head. <laughs> I just think year one is not the is not the time for subtlety and, and no. good taste. Year one is for jamming it down people's throats. Well, like, that's um, what they've done. And, and like, like uh, we said weeks ago, I don't know whether it was you or Adam on the show, that's the reason they didn't call it the Stern Cup year one because they, they wanted to make sure that it worked before they yeah. put anybody's, you know, they put anybody's legacy on it. Yeah. And it would be particularly right. funny but given that this is the sort of shit that Stern would have hated. Yeah. <laughs> People are having probably. too much fun. That's right. Um all right, speaking of fun, shall we uh, wrap this up and come back and talk some tunes? We'll be speaking of fun. Are we going to be having fun? Oh. Um, this was the Bulls podcast. I was yeah, Doc. Sure. It was Bezo. Um, ask the right questions before you go to bed with people. <laughs> we, we would basically do a good job to be put ourselves around as freelance veterans to kind of give 19-year-olds advice. Okay, see, if you want to pay us a million dollars a year to come and be vets to your team, we'll be there. We, we are old and white. They're, they're explaining to Chet exactly why he needs to not, not have his face look like that. Uh, that's where we should leave you see you doc cheers if you have a problem if no one else can help and if you can find them maybe you can hire the A-Team